If you turn with me to Micah chapter 7, that's where we will be this morning. And as 2013 comes to a close, you know, we're presented with an opportunity. It's called 2014. It's the opportunity to embrace what God has for us and be who God wants us to be. And if we're going to, you know, walk through this new year and be who God wants us to be and seek out what God wants us to seek out, there's a few things we need to look for. And if you were a child growing up, for example, and I'm sure your, your parents have told you that you should look both ways before crossing the street. Right? We've all heard this before. You're your own one curb. You want to get to the other side and you need to keep an eye out for different obstacles that may try to prohibit you from getting across the road. And you know, we've told our kids numerous times to you know, look both ways before crossing the street because there are these things called cars that you know, buzz up and down the road pretty quickly and uh, could cause great harm, especially here on Kingsway. You know, Kingsway is a fairly busy street, people cutting through. And uh, even on Sunday, uh, there could be a, a fair amount of traffic. And so we tell our kids, you know, before you cross the street, just make sure there are no cars coming so you can get where you want to go. And for the most part, they do okay. But one Sunday, not too long ago, uh, we wrapped up a, a church service here and uh, the kids you know, left the building here and they were going to go across the street. And I don't know if it was maybe because we had just put up this rope swing in the tree and they were excited about or really trying to be the first one back to swing on it or whatever, whatever it may be. But anyway, I guess in their excitement, they just forgot to really pay attention to the cars and the, the wisdom that their father had bestowed on them to look both ways. And so they just darted out in the king's way. And there was a car coming. And thank goodness, by God's grace, that car had brakes and they used them. <laughs> the car slammed on brakes and the kids were able to get across the road and, you know, safe and sound. But um, that could have been, you know, a, a tragic accident. It could have kept them from getting... A, back home, getting to where they need to, need to be. And uh, that's kind of how life is. You know, we are walking down the street of life, trying to cross this path, trying to go down this path that God has for us. And there are sev- several obstacles, several things that can uh, tempt us to go in a different direction or even just prohibit us from becoming who God wants us to be. And so, as we take on this new year, 2014, as we even finish up this year strong, we want to be aware of some things that may distract us or keep us from being who God wants us to be and going where God wants us to go. And there are a few things that we just need to look for in order to embrace God's plan for us. And then we, as you look through Scripture, you know, Scripture reads like a, like a large uh, accident report. I mean, there are people that... Uh, crash and burn all throughout Scripture where they just fail to trust the Lord. They go their own way. They give in to different temptations and obstacles in life. And they never pursue what God has for them. And they just are prohibited. And uh, you have story after story of that. But you also have stories of people that embrace God's grace and His forgiveness and who He is and His promises. And they walk through life and finish life well by faith and His uh, forgiveness, and His grace, and His promises for them. 
Now, as we look at this last chapter in the book of Micah, Micah chapter 7, Micah's going to tell us a few things that we need to look for if we are going to move forward with God. So as God's people, there's a, there's a few things we need to look for. One, or look at rather, the first thing that we need to look at as we move into this new year is we need to look at ourselves. We need to take an honest look at ourselves and our current condition. And the second thing we need to look at is we need to look to the Lord. We need to look to His steadfast love. We need to look to His promises. And if we can do that, I think we can move through not only the rest of this year or even the rest of this day, but also the rest of next year and the rest of our lives uh, by faith in Him. And we can become who God wants us to be. And so first, let's see what Micah has to say in regard to looking at ourselves. In verses 1 through 6, Micah looks at himself and the people of God and he, he honestly acknowledges their spiritual state. Look at verse 1. He gives us a metaphor for uh, what he sees. He says, Woe is me, for I have become as when the summer fruit has been gathered, as when the grapes have been gleaned. There is no cluster to eat, no first ripe fig that my soul desires. In other words, Micah is looking at himself, he's looking at the people, And he knows enough about God and God's plan that he knows that God's people are to be a fruitful vineyard, always producing the fruit of the Spirit. And so when he looks at the people, he says, you know, I I know what I should be seeing. I should be seeing this fruitful vineyard that is producing fruits such as love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, all these different fruits of godliness and righteousness. But he says, when I look at the people, when I look at myself even, he says, I see a vineyard after harvest time. So I'm coming looking for something to eat and all the fruit is gone. The vines are bare. So it would be like if you're leaving church today and you go back home, you know, you're starving, maybe you didn't eat breakfast, you're wanting to get something to eat and you go into the kitchen and you open up the refrigerator door and it's empty. You know, or the cabinets, the pantry, it's all empty. And it's supposed to be a place where there is food for satisfaction of your hunger. And yet you go there and there's nothing to eat. And Micah says, when I look at my spiritual state and the state of God's people here, it's supposed to be a group of people who are flourishing with fruitfulness. And all I see is barrenness. And then he gives you a little more idea of what he actually sees as he looks among the people of God in verses 2 through 6. This is what he says. First of all, he sees violence in verse 2. The godly has perished from the earth. There is no one upright among mankind. They all lie in wait for blood and each hunts the other with a net. Now these are, this is God's people. (laughs) This isn't these foreign nations. This is God's people. This is what he sees. Violence. He also sees greed, injustice, and corruption of power in verse 3. Listen to what he says. He says, Their hands are on what is evil to do it well. The prince and the judge ask for a bribe, and the great man utters the evil desire of his soul. Thus they weave it 
together. He also sees dishonesty and lack of trust in verse 5. He says, put no trust in a neighbor, have no confidence in a friend, guard the doors of your mouth for her who lies in your arms. And he goes on to show you that there's lack of respect, lack, lack of honor in the community. In verse 6 he says, for the son treats the father with contempt, the daughter rises up against her mother, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, a man's enemies are the men of his own house. And so Micah says, I look to the people of God and I expect to see a vineyard of fruitfulness, full of righteousness, full of justice and truth and love. And I see violence and greed and injustice, disrespect, dishonor. And so even back in verse 4, he says, you know, I look to the people of God and I expect to see a vineyard, a fruitful vineyard, and all I see are briars and thorn bushes. And what he's doing is he's looking at himself, he's looking at the people, he's looking at his present situation, and he's taking just honest stock of where he is and where the people are. And this is what we have to do. If we're going to move forward with God, you have to take an honest look at yourself. An honest look at your heart and ask yourself, what does God see when He looks at my heart? I mean, does He see a a heart that is pursuing violence or a heart that is pursuing love? Does He see a heart that's full of greed or does He see a heart that's full of generosity or pursuing generosity? And does He see a heart that is pursuing truth or does He see a heart that is pursuing dishonesty? Does he see a heart that honors those God has put in our lives? Or does he see a heart that lacks respect for our father, for our mother, for those in authority? You know, what, is, what does God see? That's a question you need to ask. What does God see when he looks at your heart? If we're going to move forward with God... And become who He wants us to be. We must look at ourselves. We must be willing to admit our own sin. And if we are unwilling to admit our sin. We cannot move forward with God. As we look at 2014. This new year that uh, perhaps God will grant us. There is no fruitful path. In 2014. There is no fruitful path for you or for me. If we don't acknowledge our current condition, if we don't ask the question, what's true of our heart? What sin is there in my life? How does God want to work? How does God want to change? We must ask that question if we're going to move forward. But once you are willing to ask that question and take an honest look at where you are with God, when you make that shift, when you ask that question, then the path that God has for you, the light that God wants to show you will become very visible. Look with me at verses 7 through 10. Micah says, But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I, sh- when I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against Him. 
until he pleads my cause and executes justice for me or judgment for me. He will bring me out to the light. I shall look upon his vindication. Then my enemy will see and shame will cover her who said to me, where is the Lord your God? My eyes will look upon her. Now she will be trampled down like the mire of the streets. See, we see here Micah acknowledges the sin. And when he does that, he is able to then look to the God of his salvation. Even though he's in the midst of darkness, when he acknowledges the truth of the situation, the light of the Lord comes flooding in his heart. And then we see here that there are enemies. And we see it in verse 8. As you seek to pursue the Lord this year, even today, and throughout the year, there are going to be enemies of righteousness. In other words, there are going to be enemies that try to keep you from crossing the street, so to speak. There are going to be people or ideas or even your own self that's going to try to keep you from moving forward with God. So you need to ask the question, you know, who, who or what is my enemy? You know, what is keeping me from being who God wants me to be? It could be a certain sin that just keeps entangling you. That you just keep going back to. And you need to see uh, freedom this year. Or maybe it's uh, yourself. You know, I'm sure we've all been uh, exposed to this enemy. Where even in our own minds we replay the failures in our lives. And we think that God can't do certain things in and through us because of what we've done or what's happened to us. And so we just replay that over and over in our minds and it paralyzes us from trusting God and moving forward. Or maybe it is a physical person. Maybe somebody is standing between you and the Lord. And they're consistently and constantly keeping you from the Lord of your salvation. They're blocking the light of the Lord. And I think now's the time to, like Micah does here, now's the time to speak out against your enemies. You know, now it's time to take an honest look at your life, acknowledge the darkness, whatever it may be, and speak the light of God's truth in it. And say that the Lord is your salvation. Like in verse 8, he says, Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. And we've all experienced these enemies of righteousness, haven't we? You know, we've all experienced what sin does, the alienation it causes in our relationships, the guilt and shame it produces in our lives, the discouragement. And disappointment it yields. But what's interesting in in this is that even though you you experience the darkness, when you acknowledge it, that's when the light comes. When you acknowledge the darkness, that is when the light can enter in. So for the Lord to be a light to you, you must be willing to confess your sin and walk in the path that God lays down for you. And we see that's what Micah says in verse 9. I will bear the indignation of the Lord. In other words, I will will walk with God 
whatever God throws my way, whatever He wants to do in me and through me to make me into the person He wants me to be, I'm going to walk with Him and He will bring me out into the light. He will vindicate me. He will deliver me. He will bring about salvation for me. In other words, He's not done with you. But you've got to look to Him. And you have to trust Him. And one of the ways we do that is by acknowledging our current condition. Whatever the enemies may be in our lives, speak the truth of God in that situation and trust Him and let's move forward. So once you confess your sin and turn to God, then you can begin to experience the steadfast love of God and the plan that He has for your life. And then once all that happens... You know, Micah's gaze turns to the promises of God. And we see that in verses 11 through 17. He begins to be filled with hope. Even in the midst of a, a barren vineyard, a fruitless vineyard, he's filled with hope again. Look at verse 11. He says, A day for the building of your walls. He's talking about Jerusalem here. A day for the building of your walls. And that day the boundary shall be far extended. And that day they will come to you from Assyria and the cities of Egypt and from Egypt to the river, from sea to sea and from mountain to mountain. In other words, once Micah's focus turns to the Lord, he's trying to turn the people's attention to the Lord and confess their sin and allow the light of God to fill them. Once that happens, Micah gets a vision for what God is going to do. And he's not just going to restore Jerusalem Uh, So it can be kind of like the capital of Israel. Rather, he's going to bring in this city of God whose boundary goes from sea to sea, from mountain to mountain. And it's going to include not only those who are physical descendants of Abraham, but it's going to include nations such as Assyria, Egypt. In other words, those who are not Jewish. It's going to be a kingdom of the world. All tribes, tongue, nations are going to be brought under the Lordship of Christ. And Micah gets a vision for this and he begins to hope again that God is not finished with them. And then he says in verse 14, he says, Shepherd your people with your staff, the flock of your inheritance, who dwell alone in a forest in the midst of a garden land. Let them graze in Bashan and Gilead as in the days of old. You know, Micah, as he experiences the steadfast love of the Lord, and he's reminded of the character of God, he thinks back to how God brought his people out of slavery and he brought them into a land of plenty. He delivered them out of captivity. He brought them into a land of promise. He provided for them. That's what uh, the land of uh, Bashan and Gilead, they represent places of fruitfulness. And so, again, even though Micah's in a barren barren vineyard he's looking forward and he sees the day when God will replenish the fruit he will he'll provide for his people like he did in the days of old when he used to flock he shepherded his flock Israel in the in Bashan and in Gilead and so he's looking to God for protection provision and he sees the people of God being fruitful once again And then in verse 15 he says, As in the days when you came out of the land of Egypt, I will show them marvelous things. 
One thing you'll notice as you read through Scripture, you know, we, we serve the same God who brought the Israelites out of slavery. Okay? And that's important to note because among the people of God in the Old Testament, the idea of the Exodus was uh, not just a, you know, a historical event that they like to recount every now and then and it was special to them. It was that, but it was more than that because of the character of God. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, He is the God of deliverance. And you see God continually, all throughout redemptive history, all throughout the history of His people, continually delivering His people from captivity. I'm sure you can even think while you're sitting there, several stories of how God delivered His people. Over and over again. When, When sin would oppress them, captivity would come upon them, God would deliver them, free them to walk with Him once again. And you know this to be true even in your own life if you're in Christ. Because you think back to that great exodus when God delivered you out of the slavery of sin and gave you new life in His Son, Jesus Christ. Your own personal exodus, how God raised you up, brought you into freedom. And what Mike is doing is he's looking forward to what God will do, he reflects back on what God has already done. Because this is the same God. And this is what we need to do as well. As we move forward, as you look forward to the fulfillment of God's promises, you also need to look back and remember how God has delivered you. You need to remember the Exodus. Not necessarily just the one out of Egypt, but the one in your own life. Think back... When did Christ deliver you? When did you place your faith in Christ? Do you remember when you acknowledged your current situation and you embraced God's provision for you in Jesus Christ? And you received forgiveness of your sin, new life in Him? That's the exodus. That's God's deliverance. And when you acknowledge your situation, when you acknowledge the darkness, whatever that may be in your life, and you allow the light of God to come flowing in, you are just going to be filled with reminders of the goodness and the character of God. And that's exactly what we see here with Micah. And he closes his book, all his teachings here. He puts a bow on it by speaking of the steadfast love of God. Look at verses 18 through 20. He says, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of His inheritance? He does not retain His anger forever because He delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. Now let me ask you this. How has God shown faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham? Well, He's done that by sending His Son, Jesus Christ. He's the answer to this promise that God has given Jacob, Abraham, and all the people in the Old Testament, the sending of His Son, the Messiah, the One who would bring about 
the great deliverance. It's through the sending of Jesus Christ that we can have forgiveness of sin, we can be freed from the captivity of sin, and experience freedom to walk with God and to be who God wants us to be. And so, as you acknowledge your current situation here, if you, as you reflect back on 2013, or even as you reflect back perhaps even this morning, <laughs> and you realize, you know, uh, I want to be more like Christ. I want God to do what He wants to do in me, to make me into the person He wants me to be. God, show me the darkness in my heart that I need to give to You. That I need to open up and allow Your light to flow into as you do that and as you embrace the forgiveness and grace that comes through Jesus Christ, then as God reveals to you His path for you, through the Scripture primarily, what we are to do, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, that we are to be people of love, people of justice, people of truth, people of honesty, people of honor, all to the glory of God. And as we walk down those steps, we will become more of who God wants us to be, if we are in Christ, and if we are following Him by faith. Because only God, through His Holy Spirit, can make us into that person. You can't do it through New Year's resolutions, through a, you know elaborate to-do list. That does not develop Christ-likeness. It has to be from the inside out. Just like the Israelites could not deliver themselves out of slavery, it had to be God who did that. You cannot become more like Christ on your own. It has to be the Holy Spirit that does that in you. And your role in that is to honest, be honest in your evaluation, be open to the Lord, and to trust Him and move forward with Him by faith. So, as we enter this afternoon, as we enter the rest of December, and as we enter this new year, you know, we all have different streets to cross. You know, some are going to be like Kingsway, perhaps. Some are going to be like I-20 you know, or Washington Road during the Masters. You know, some, some streets are going to be light with traffic. Others are going to be heavy. But if you're going to walk this year, this day, by faith with God, you need to look both ways. You need to look at yourself and you need to take an honest evaluation. And then you need to look to God. Look to the steadfast love and the promises of God. And no matter how heavy the traffic no matter how busy the street, no matter how fast the cars are driving, if you are in Christ and you are trusting Him, then there will always be a path for you to move forward with Him. Let's pray. Lord, we come to You this morning. And all of us, if we're honest, we all have darkness that resides within us. In some way, shape, or form. Some way, some area of our lives that is just not lined up with who Christ is or who you want us to be. And Lord, this morning we want to open ourselves up and allow your light to shine into our hearts. So that we can trust you, so that we can walk with you, so we can be the people you want us to be. Lord, I pray you speak to hearts this morning as we submit ourselves to you. And would you do what only you can do? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.